0: Well good morning everybody. Good morning. It's good to be here with you all. Well we are in the book of Ephesians chapter 6 and we are going to be spending some weeks now in looking at putting on the full armor of God, spiritual warfare, what that means. And so I want to read the entirety of, of, of the section and then we are going to focus on one verse primarily this morning and, uh, and take it apart. One bit at a time as we continue our study through the book of Ephesians. Will you pray with me? Let's pray together. Lord God, thank you for the way in which you bless us. Thank you for all that you accomplished this week through the Hallelujah Harvest Festival, Lord. Thank you for all the ministries taking place, that those that are teaching Sunday school right now. Um, all that takes place here throughout the whole week, Lord. You caused yourself to be exalted. You caused the gospel to go forward. You cause yourself to be glorified and us be built up over and over and over again throughout the week, and we're thankful. Build us up now through the study of your word as we worship you in the study of your word. May you be exalted. May you work in our hearts as you know each one of us and every struggle that we have and everything that we're dealing with, Lord. and. You know how to mold us perfectly into your image, and so we pray that you would accomplish that this morning as we sit under your word. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Ephesians chapter 6, let's look at verse. let's read verses 10 through, through 18. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. and supplication for all the saints. Put on the full armor of God. This week we're focusing on verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. There is a call to every Christian in Ephesians 6.11 to engage or to fight And the spiritual warfare all believers face by putting on the full armor of God. We're to fight this fight so that we may, quote, be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So as we look at this, this is a major calling for every believer. And major consequences and blessings if we do what God calls us towards. Or if we fail, the consequences. It's a major, major battle that's taking place. I know that for a lot of us, we tend to fall into a couple of different camps. One is we forget that we have spiritual warfare going around us all the time. So we just don't think about it. It's like being in, in, in war, but not identifying the enemy, not knowing who the enemy is, not being alert. And so we find ourselves in a place of of being apathetic and warfare's around us and it's easy for us to be targeted. The other side of it is, is people get to a place of just demon obsession. They think about demons all the time. There's a demon of this and a demon of that and the devil made me do this and the devil made me do that. And, and, and you just, you, you, I don't know, I, I have met people that have been they, they, they are consumed with the idea of spiritual warfare and all the demons that are around us and how we ought to fight them and what that is to take, how is that to take place. I pray that, that, that we wouldn't find ourselves on extremes in any way here, but just look and say, what's biblical? What does God call us towards? How should we think about these things? If, if, if you're not thinking about spiritual warfare and what takes place, may our time over the next several weeks May the Lord work in an awesome way just to prepare us for battle. And if you have a huge view of who Satan is and a very small view of who God is, may that radically change during our study of this time, that you'd have a huge view of who God is, and yet understand that there's a battle that's taking place. So put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. As Christians, we're living on a battlefield. Our enemies are the devil and his demons, our own flesh, and the world that's around us. We're described in scriptures as things like the bride of Christ, or children of God, or followers of Christ, or pilgrims. But we're also described as soldiers in a battlefield. It's a reality of who we are as Christians. In the midst of of, of battle, I think that it'd be naive to think that that there's never a time where you're going to find yourself wounded. It happens. Times in which in the midst of spiritual warfare, you have come to a place where you have been wounded by all that has taken place around us and directed towards us. The put on here, the quote, put on is a command that occurs daily over the course of our lives. It's, It's not something that's done once, and for all and we're saved from our sins and we become Christians and we put on the full armor of God and then we're kind of we're kind of done with it. it. It doesn't just occur on Sunday morning and last for the rest of the week. We're to put on the whole armor of God daily. At the same time, the putting on is not something that's done only in the midst of battle and and then we take it off when we're safe at home. It's something that we are to put on, as far as the full armor of God, as a continual, lifelong armor to be worn at all times. Put on something that we are called to do. To put on the f- whole armor of God. A calling that God's placed upon each one of us to put on something. So something that we, that, that takes action. It takes us thinking about it. It takes us Moving and operating in the direction of, I need to do this, to put on the whole armor of God. Make sure not to leave out any piece of the armor that God supplies. God doesn't say that, that all right, Christians have really thick skin. Or he doesn't say something like, um, have great footwork where you're able to fake out the enemy. Or, did you see that? I still got a little bit. There was a day. It doesn't say that we are to, to be able to bench press 300 pounds or be CrossFit champions if we're wanting to defeat the enemy. What God calls us towards is to put on The whole armor of God, it makes it clear that you are putting on something that's not yours. It's not something that is within yourself. It's supplied from something outside of our own resources. It's issued and it's given by the Lord. Put on the whole armor of God. It's important for us. As we think about going into the battlefield, it's not about... What do I got? How can I outmaneuver him? It's, I need armor that goes outside of my own abilities. What I got. And it needs to come from God. It's a wonderful record in Scripture of the story of of David and Goliath. Something that, that's familiar to all of us. But let, let's, let's talk about what took place there just for a moment. You have the Philistines. They're standing on one side of a mountain. Israel's on the other side of a mountain. And there's a big valley that's between them. Right? You have this man, Goliath. He's got this this huge bronze helmet on his head. He's got... A coat of armor that weighs one hundred and twenty five pounds he 's got a bronze armor on his legs he 's got a bronze javelin between his shoulders. he has a iron spearhead that weighs fifteen pounds just by itself he uh, He stands out there with his javelin and all his armor and this massive man that is over nine feet tall. And then he he says, he tells us that he stands out there, cries out to the armies of Israel, and says to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you are the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he's able to fight and with me and kill me, then We will be your servants, but if he if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. And when Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. As you can imagine being the case. Nine foot tall, nine foot tall man. Some say with nine foot nine, gigantic man, able to carry that kind of armor, massive. And he comes out there and just mocks God's people over and over and over again, day after day. We're told that David, this this young little boy, young lad, a youth, comes to bring cheese and some food to the commander as well as to see his brothers. But he hears this being said. He hears what Goliath says. He hears the people of Israel talking. They say, have you seen this man who's come up? Surely he's come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches, will give him his daughter, and give, him his, and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. That's huge, right? Especially if it's like California. To, to have exemption from taxes. Daughter, riches. I thought it's for my CPA wife. She would appreciate that. David hears this. Here's what's said. And he says, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? How should we do? This isn't right. This youth coming up and saying this. And so David goes to Saul and says, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight the Philistine. I'll go fight him. Saul says to David, you're not able to go against the, this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth and a man, and, and, and he's a man of war from his youth. You can't fight him. You're, you're a kid. Well, David says, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. So Saul clothed David with his armor and he put a bronze helmet on his head and he also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk for he had not tested them and David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these for I have not tested them. So David took them off. Okay, so now picture this of what's taking place. Here's this young man. He, he, has, he has the armor. Puts it all on. Puts Saul's armor on. He's got this that, that's supposed to protect him. But it hasn't been tested. Never worn it before. Now he's supposed to go to battle wearing this huge sword. All of this armor. It hasn't been tested. And he says... I'm taking it all off. Now, what's the point of this? Is the point that he's so courageous. This man's so courageous. This young boy's so courageous that he takes off all the armor, says, I don't want it because it's just cumbersome. I don't want it because it's too heavy. I can't walk. I don't want it because, you know, I just don't need it. I'm better than that. Does he not not have the armor on because he trusts in God? Armor is man's ability to try to protect himself. But David wants something that's outside of himself, outside of his own abilities, outside of even what Saul is able to offer him, and that's, having something that only God can give. And so here's David. No armor. He took his staff in his hand, chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook. He put them in the shepherd's bag in a pouch, which he had, and a sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David, and the man who bore the shield went before him. And he went, and when the Philistine looked up and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. And the Philistine said to David, "Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks?" And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, "Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field." And then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I'll strike you and take your head from you, and this day I'll give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines, of the birds of the air, and the wild beasts of the earth, and all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Now, we know that that's exactly what took place, right? David takes that stone, Runs at him, takes it and slings it, and it goes right into the forehead of Goliath. Then David runs over, grabs Goliath's sword, because David doesn't have a sword, chops off his head, and he wins the victory. It was God that did all of it. David was courageous. But you can be as courageous as you want. I could be courageous. I'm not going to go fight a nine foot nine giant. It doesn't matter how much courage I have, it doesn't matter how good of fighting skills I have. There comes a point where you're just not going to be able to beat someone who's been a warrior his entire life and he's nine foot nine, especially if you're a youth. It's just not going to happen. Courage is important, but courage in a great God is far more important. Brothers and sisters, we have a battle that's taking place where our foe, our enemy, he's way bigger than Goliath. Do we get that? He's way bigger than Goliath. He is such that he hates, he hates God. He hates everything about our Lord. He can't do anything to hurt God as far as attacking him. We serve a sovereign God who's all powerful. He's in control of all things and there's no time where he ever changes from that position. He knows all things, there's no one that can stop him. So here's Satan Unable to do anything in attacking Almighty God. And so he desires to attack us, God's people. He hates God to the extent where his hatred for us is immeasurable. He desires to hurt, he desires to come and to kill, and to steal, and to destroy. He desires to hurt us in every way he possibly can. He desires to defame the name of Christ. He desires to make it so that we find stuff of this world to be far, a far greater worth than our Savior. He desires to cause division within the body. He desires to stir up pride. He desires to make it so that we long for the stuff of this world. He desires to do whatever He can to make us fall and be ineffective for the kingdom of God. And He comes at us with everything that He's got to defy The God of Israel almighty God our God and so we're called in verse 10 there to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might we need to be strong in the Lord to have confidence to have courage every ounce of our hope needs to be that we have strength that comes from the Lord power that comes from his might. Jude one twenty four says this, now to him who's able to keep you from stumbling. Think about that. We put on the whole armor of God, the whole armor of one who is able. He is able to keep you, to keep me from stumbling. There's nothing that's too hard for him. he's able. So put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That you may be able makes it clear that if you do not put on the full armor of God, you will not be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, against his schemes. Do you get that? Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So if it's off our charts, if we're, not, if we're not thinking about it, if we're not putting on the full armor of God, know that you will not be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. doesn't mean you're going to lose your salvation. We don't believe that's possible. Scripture makes it clear that it's not. But you will become a target in which you'll become ineffective. You'll be hurt. God's name will not be glorified. It will affect those that are around you. It will affect yourself as well as Satan comes in to kill and to steal and to destroy. So he says, Put on. Do this, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able. When you put it like this, it becomes absolutely vital that we understand what the Lord's calling us towards when he calls us to put on the whole armor of God, the full armor of God. God gives us the ability to stand when we put on the whole armor of God. In 1 Peter 5.8, it says this, Be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. He is walking around like a roaring lion. <laughs> I know what that sounds like. We were in a car in Africa, I've shared this before, but in a van, and there was a lion about as close to Kelly Dunn is in the front pew here just sitting there and I I put my head out the window because I'm brilliant and I I wanted to get a picture of this lion as close as I can and so I have my camera and I'm there and I have my head out the window taking a picture and as I'm taking the picture I thought how long would it take that lion to get to me and right then the lion went like this like it it flinched towards me and roared And when it did, everybody that was in that van like flew back to the to the back when it was so death curdling loud that it scared us half to death. The sound of a lion roaring, I mean you can hear it from far away. If you ever hear them like really roar, it is is one of the most frightening things. God saying, This is what Satan is like. He's there and he's walking around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But the calling towards us is be sober, be vigilant, resist him, be steadfast in the faith, knowing that this is happening to our brotherhood all over the world. There has to be a desire to resist him, to stand And God is able to make you stand. First Corinthians 10.13 tells us, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God who is faithful will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape, that you may be able to bear it. What an awesome verse. He will never let us go to a place where we are not able to resist the temptation. He always makes a way of escape. When Satan comes at us with whatever he's got, or his demons, or the flesh, or the world, or whatever it is that's throwing stuff our way, God says, "There's no temptation that is overtaking you, except such as is common to man. God is faithful; He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able." So put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The devil. We see in Scripture that the devil is one in whom he's cunning, deceitful. Again, he hates God, hates everything about God, full of pride. Isaiah 14, verse 12, tells us us about him how you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how you're cut down to the ground, how you're weak, how you weaken the nations. For you said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. That's Lucifer. That's Satan. His goal is to be exalted. His goal is to be exalted. His goal is to be in a place where he's esteemed and where Christ is not esteemed. But God's so much bigger than that, isn't he? Our adversary is real. Cunning. But God is able to make us stand. As we close this morning in our sermon, I wanted to focus on this one verse because I want us to be able to understand why the rest of this is going to matter to us. You have a responsibility God calls us towards each one of us put on put on the whole armor of God. As we go through and look at who our enemy is as we look at Satan and his principalities and powers next week and we go on to understand each piece of the armor that's there. It's going to be absolutely vital for us to understand like this is how this works and this is how this works and this is why we need to know this. Because you would never go into battle saying, well, I got my whole armor, but I, I have no idea what this helmet's for. I don't really need it. Or I don't need a shield. That's just too heavy. Or I'm good. I don't need a sword. We need every bit of it. We need shoes. We need every bit. Paul, more than likely, is chained up there next to a soldier looking at his gear and writing this saying, Okay, we need every bit of it. This is what this is, and this is what that is, and this is what this next thing is. We want to run well. We want to glorify God. We want to fight in a way where there's victory. It's not going to come from wearing Saul's armor. It's not going to come from just trying to avoid the enemy. It's going to come from listening to the words of God and say, okay, I need to get this. I need to put on the whole armor of God that I might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. I want to stand. I don't want to be defeated. I don't want to stumble. I don't want to fall. I want to stand. But with that comes the responsibility of I need to put this on. What God can accomplish through us, in us, is far greater than anything that we could ever think. But it's going to come by him doing the work through us. As we close, just think about David for a second. A young boy. Wanting God to be glorified more than anything. Hearing something and thinking like, how do you guys let that happen? Someone go fight him. I'll fight him. God's able to to do it. God's able to defeat him. I don't need your armor. I have confidence in my God. It's possible for the enemy to try real hard to make it say, you're not a real important part of the army. And so we just don't care very much. It's possible for the enemy to bring us to a place of, I don't need that. And yet we do. My prayer is that God would work so mightily in my life, in your life, in all of our lives. That there would be just this willingness to fight with all of the enabling that comes from Christ's Confidence in our God. Um, in our 14 and a half years or so over 14 years of being a church and me serving here as your pastor I, I, I can't emphasize too enough how many times I've sat there just thinking I hate sin so much I just hate it seeing what it's done to people seeing what it's done to marriages, seeing what it's done to families, seeing what it's done in so many different areas of just pain and difficulty. It would be wrong for us to not emphasize this passage on this morning, that there is a calling from the Lord God Almighty for you to put on the whole armor Of God. Every bit of it. Because you have an enemy that would love to destroy you, your marriage, your family, this church. And we need to do everything that we can to stand. And that everything comes from the full armor of God, which He supplies. May God Help us to take this seriously, to look at it as important, to look at it as first, I want to be right where he wants me to be in his army, with him as my commander, me using prayer to call upon him to say, what do I do next? To have doctrine as such that it's just every bit of the armor is there that we might not only stand but gain ground as God works mightily in us and through us. For his glory amen? amen we're about ready to partake in communion and so i'm going to pray as we close our service portion and then ushers will come forward and you can come and take the elements go back to your seats and then we will partake together but if you're an unbeliever here this morning first and foremost we call upon you to believe upon the lord jesus christ i'm going to pause here for a moment God takes down a giant with a little boy with a stone. Do you get that? He takes down a giant with a little boy with a stone. There's nothing that is too hard for him. However big you think you are, you need to be on his team. He will win. Satan will be cast. Forever bound, for all eternity he will lose. All those who do not follow Christ will be sent to hell for all eternity. They will not win at all. But through faith in the work of Christ upon the cross, get this, through faith, through believing that when Jesus died on the cross, His sins, your sins, were placed upon him. His righteousness is placed upon you. That Almighty God sent his Son. His Son became man. He died on the cross for your sins, took all of it upon himself. And he says, Whosoever believes in me will not perish, but have everlasting life. And so, whoever believes in him won't perish, but have everlasting life. Forgiveness of sin. To be washed as white as snow. To have a God that gives us the full armor that he supplies. Who will keep us to the very end. Who gives us an inheritance that's incorruptible and it's undefiled. It doesn't fade away. It's reserved in heaven for us. It's kept by the very power of God. That is the God that we serve. I plead with you to believe upon him this day. And come and partake in communion. And if you choose rather to defy the armies of the Lord, you're just going to do your own thing. You don't care. This is not for you. Don't partake in an unworthy manner. You'll just be bringing greater judgment upon yourself. This is for believers. It's for us who place all of our hope in our Savior. And we come and remember him. Okay? And so let's pray and then we'll worship and partake together. Lord God, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you so much, Lord, for the way in which you have blessed us with everything that we need to have for this life, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would um, just work so mightily in our hearts, causing us to stand, having the full armor of the Lord, our God, upon us. And we pray as a result, Lord, that we won't fall. We'll be healthy, we'll shine brightly, you'll be glorified, and we will be blessed in incredible ways. As we come forward to take the elements, Lord, just prepare our hearts. As we sing the song of praise, prepare our hearts to partake in a worthy manner in which you are most exalted. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.